Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Instead of talking about it off air, let's just get started. How about that? Let's go. Oh, Phoenix! <laughs> hey, yo. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. It's Patrick O'Dell. You straight punk bitch! I mean, you're just gonna replace me. Shut up! Randy Morales. The biggest slut in the Western Hemisphere. Why do I have to have a buzzer? You are now and will forever be an asshole. Because it's my show. And I love you, Greg. You guys know how to party. You're welcome. So, question for you, Patrick O'Dowd. When do you think was the last time we played the opening of the show or let alone opened with the opening of the show? Oh, Jesus. Um, After Jesus, I'm sure. But yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But um, God, I it's been a really long time. Let's say three months. I, I don't have the answer. So oh, I, I thought I, maybe you, I, I thought maybe you actually knew the answer to this question. I didn't. No. So last week, obviously, you as you know, you weren't here, and um, you were you were taking young Rafael Nadal out to to play tennis. But we were um, I recorded with PC Tunney and I recorded with Steve Cook. Both of those episodes opened with the show opening, and Tunney and I talked about how Tunney was praising the opening. And, and the quality of said opening and how even if it's 15 minutes into the show, I should still play it because it's good. So, and then this week we actually opened with the opening. I don't know if that will stick or well, if we will, we'll, we'll go back. Yeah, I just, I think we as an opening, like, are strong enough as it is. And you don't, we don't need the opening anymore. We know who Greg DeMarco and Patrick O'Dowd are. They're, they're the guys who talk about everything else that has to do with wrestling other than the things you are pissed off about, wrestling fans. Like, right. We we don't talk about ratings. We don't talk about rampage, or rampage. divided lo- or divided <laughs> locker rooms. Sorry, rampage. dynamite. That's amazing. Uh, whatever, whatever other collision. Did you mean to say I was whatever like, did you sort mean of to other say rampage, or did you mean to say collision? No, I meant to make fun of rampage. Okay. Um, I just can't believe but, that CM Punk actually has a shirt that says "I'm a collision guy." Like that to me is just way too petty. 
and inside. Maybe I'm wrong, though. Well, but you think about the guy. Yeah, I know. Like, that. Like it's just, it's whatever. And, and anyway, I'm, I'm tired of the internet wrestling community anyway after they ragged on Taya Valkyrie for a botch. And I realized, um, regardless of how I feel about the competitor, I realized the other day, I was like, did ECW and the you fucked up thing, did... Did 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 that did that create something? But that, that died that now, out so long ago that right. Just, but it, but it like kept going to where it's it where it's been a thing. But that's like kind of where I remember it first being a thing. You know what I, I mean? I think the AEW fan base doesn't look at Taya Valkyrie as one of the women they want to be pushed. They well, want no. to be featured. Yeah. I think she's still more of a. WWE type of talent in their eyes, even though she got released. But I don't know. Do they still love John Morrison? Did he still wrestle there? When was the last time he was on television? God, I don't know. Who cares? Nobody does. Go out there with her. Nobody like, cares. Well Nobody cares. It's it's a vanity project that won't go away because it's doing well. And plenty um, of people care. I mean, they sold seventy thousand yeah. tickets in London, so plenty of people care. Right, but did 70,000 people, did it sell because of the strength of AEW or did it sell on the strength of its American wrestling in the United Kingdom and even Impact as well when they go to the United Kingdom? Now, they don't do 70,000 at Wembley Stadium. Right. I, I concede that, but I I, I kind of side with our, our good buddy Eric Bischoff, friend of the program, that I'm more interested in, uh, I'm interested in show number two. What oh, happens from show one to show two? Again, I've I've used their their Grand Slam event in New York as an example multiple times. First time had right. like twenty thousand fans. Second time had like ten thousand fans, but made more money because the first time when it had twenty thousand fans, the tickets were dirt cheap. Then they jacked prices up. People didn't go. And the first time there was like a mask mandate issue that that people had the, right. the first time around that wasn't there the second time. Like there there were so many reasons why the second event should have done better. And yet it didn't. In terms of butts in seats, it actually made more money. Um, right. But that's just because of the way they jacked up the prices. Um, I think, since we're just randomly on this topic now, All In has sold 70,000 tickets for a myriad of factors. There's not a factor. I do think sure. American wrestling in the UK, being at Wembley Stadium is a big part of it, regardless of who. I do think it is the AEW product, which is a very popular style overseas. Um but I and I do also think it's the it's the novelty of being the first time that they're doing it. We'll see what happens the second time. The second time is probably I am now on this um this kick, I guess. I, I believe WWE is doing more in London. Like I just that you don't have you don't trot out freaking John Anthony Felix Sr. Jr. to to yell at the fans and tell them WrestleMania in London if you don't have something cooking like you just don't right do oh yeah. this isn't 1, the 80s where you brought out lex luger and announced him as world champion just to see how the fans would react to decide if you wanted to put the title on him or not you don't do that anymore yeah they have this thing Absolutely. called social media and focus groups and marketing that takes care of all that kind of stuff i think that there, there's something in the works but i i think there's i think there's layers to it I don't think we're going to yeah. jump straight to WrestleMania. I've been saying, I think oh, that yeah, the 2024 no, so. Royal Rumble will end up there. I don't know that they put the Royal Rumble in Wembley Stadium. I also don't know that the weather would be very good that time of year to put the Royal Rumble in Wembley Stadium. 
Right. Last week, PC Tunney and I talked about something that I believe is going to happen, something that you've seen me say in the DM group. I think yep. SummerSlam will be two nights after this year. I think this is the last yeah. one night SummerSlam that we are going to see. And what if they go to London next year and did a two night SummerSlam? I, that'll make them a lot of money. And I think Lots they would money. buy it because between now and then, London's not really going to have anything. Like, like they right. might have house shows and all that, but they're not going to have these unless AEW goes back there. And then I think right. during SummerSlam is when you announce WrestleMania 42 WrestleMania. being yeah. at Wembley Stadium. And then you look at you step back a little bit. Triple H, take notes. Um, I don't want to take Triple H's I, well, job. I just want to report it. I want a job that reports well, to Triple H. That's what here, I mean. Here's the thing is, it's funny. We're like, I was like, Triple H take notes. But then you just said, this is what they, they this is what I think they're going to do. So you already think Triple H has made the notes, written it down, and, and is and is making his move. I, you know, yes it's funny. No. My, so, sometimes I, when I, 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 I that that's like the Dave Meltzer trap, right? I'm not really saying right. that's what they're going to do. I'm saying it's what they should do. And you, you try to speak it into existence, though, because oh, if you absolutely. get it right, then you get to be like, I called it. Right. Like, that's, I got a couple that's how, things that's I'm going to try to call for I, um, I actually thought it was funny because I was wondering why. Because I'll be honest, I didn't listen to the show uh, last week. I was, I was busy. No, um, it's okay. But I saw that Tony was doing it, and then I saw Tony like poo poo the two night SummerSlam. And I'm just like, dude, where have you been? Like, I don't love the Sunday second half thing. I love I love Saturday pay-per-view, like for the win, all day. Sorry, Saturday premium live event. Arguably, in my opinion, the best move they've they've made in years. Um, but they've long argued, the WWE, that SummerSlam is the number two premium show Absolutely. of their calendar year. The WrestleMania of the summer. Right. But I mean, it'll never be, I mean, it'll be WrestleMania of the summer. But SummerSlam is the big deal. Like it's, it's just, it always has been. So to go to two nights, make it feel big and special. Maybe they get better posters if, if it's big and special, because this poster is the worst poster I've seen for a WWE event since the great balls of fire poster. And I say that with no inkling of hyperbole, this is the laziest you think it's lazy? Fucking, it's oh, actually, it's so it was actually fucking harder. lazy. It's actually a different got, design. What? It's 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 a it's a different design. They actually oh, worked harder I'm on. I'm not it. talking about the logo. I'm talking about the poster. So the poster where you got Roman and Jay separated by the lightning bolts, and they got the the shitty like the cars. It's a fast and, and furious ripoff. It's the sad. It's the sad Photoshop job, in my opinion, of the performers and the talent like i get it all of the posters that the wwe like cranks out are, are posed fucking photoshop jobs you know whoever the graphic designers right this person like my my son could have done this on his acer chromebook and and gotten this result like brock lesnar in particular like, like just there, yeah. just randomly there shirtless because you know with abs he doesn't really have anymore right just staying there uh oscar 
technically in the poster. I know. I didn't even realize that was her in the background. <laughs> like, technically, the Logan Paul, his opponent not in there, but Logan Paul in the poster. It's a, it's a take off so, on Fast and Furious. This is Logan Paul. I, I get what it's a take on. It's just shitty. Like, it's just shitty, man. Like, I'm looking at the poster, like, right now, and I'm like, weak sauce. Um, okay, while I'm while I'm on non sequiturs and ruining your plan for the show and, no, and any it. semblance is, of order, I got is, I got another question. This is what I, I don't get it, and I need somebody to help me get it. I will do before you ask. I will do my best to help you get it, even if I don't get it. Maybe we'll try to get it together. Like I guess I kind of get it, but I don't get it. Can, help me get blood and guts. Like what? What are what do we gain? Out of blood and guts. And I'm not talking about seeing blood and guts on a show. I'm saying the show, which is an annual thing now. Like, it's not like this is the first blood and no, guts thing that has happened. Is this just a pandering to the CZW sort of crowd? Because I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. I don't quite get the stakes. And I get it. Like I follow. Like I don't follow AEW like a lot of people. And I'm sure there's some AEW stand somewhere screaming at his phone, telling me how I don't understand. I almost went into my bandwagon nerds nerd voice there to be the AEW stand. I stand. I don't know if you've heard that voice before, um, but if you ever listen to BWN, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, PC Tony knows. But anyway, he's screaming through his retainer right now that I just don't get AEW and. That I should, you know, that there's a story involved. And there was a reason that out of shape Kota Ibushi needed to get his face busted open. Uh, and everybody else who got their face. Like, I know John Boxley just has this weird bleeding fetish. Like, I get that. Yeah, like, does. I understand. Um, but, like, I don't get the event. I don't get the idea of the event. I don't get the, per- like, maybe I'm too old school. And that I, I want blood and guts to kind of mean something, like as opposed to here's the horror show that we have for you today. Um, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it, Greg. There's so many answers to these questions that you're asking. Um, so so many. I'm trying to figure out the best way. Johnny idiot face. That's not you. That's that's the people who you're talking about. Um, there is there is the the the, the first answer right is. Dean fucking Ambrose. Like he's the blood guy. He wants to bleed. He wants to do all of that. The second answer is it goes back to when Cody was there. Not that he was ever in one of these. I don't believe he was. But Cody wanted to bring blood into the product. Like that was a Cody thing. He blood like crazy when he wrestled his brother. And and then they became a team. And that didn't really go anywhere. Like he wanted to bring blood back. Tony Khan was like a big ECW fan, all of that. They want to bring even Daniel Bryan Danielson, I think, likes to have some blood in his in his pro wrestling. It's also a fan service thing. What did can WWE I, can I just, do? Real quick before you go on, further on. on that. No, 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 no. Let me let me let me go first. Okay. You can go back to the other points if you need to. Okay. What did WWE do? It took things away from the fans, and blood is one of those things that they took away. Now, you said it before. It should have meaning. Yes, it should. And what WWE took away from the fans was blood with meaning. But very little in AEW has meaning. So there's no reason that blood should also then have meaning. If they only did blood when it had meaning, 
then that'd be very off brand for them because they do everything else that has no meaning whatsoever because it's all fan service. It's all pop the fans tonight, figure the rest out later. And while Blood and Guts had a longer build to that, that's fine. Kota Ibushi was in because they've been wanting to bring him in. It's the whole deal, the Golden Lovers and the Golden Elite with Kenny Omega and everybody else. Like that's, you know, and Hangman Page is back in the fold now. Like, again, you have to watch BTE and you have to have been following the stuff going back to the days of Pro Wrestling Guerrilla and New Japan and all this other stuff. And then why was Pac randomly teaming with, 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 you know, with the Blackpool Combat Club? Like, there's just so many stupid things that don't make sense. But then what do I get hit in the face with? I'm trying to apply logic to an illogical situation and I get that. But it doesn't mean it's not infuriatingly frustrating to me. Now go. Oh, it was really just a comment. I do want to be clear. And then you you alluded to it. I, I don't have a problem with somebody bleeding in a match. And I like you, like you said, it's more of the bleed with purpose. Like I just like when I think of and this is very, I I agree, this is for those of you that listen to the show, it's a very old school approach that, you know, when the feud hits a point where we're bloodying each other up, like, the, the, then we know we're coming to some sort of bigger conclusion. And, and that's, like, I still go back to, you know, arguably the bloodiest match that I ever saw for the longest time was Piper Valentine at Starcade in the dog collar match when those two had really built this, this tension and this feud and this hatred for one, one another over the U S title. And then it gets to the point where they're signed for a dog collar match connected by this chain and the chain is the weapon and Piper's just disgustingly bloody and Valentine is just disgustingly bloody, but it had fuel it had purpose and you believed it. And sometimes, and maybe blood and guts is a bad example, but when you sit there and you say, we're going to have a blood and guts match, I got, I'm all, I'm instantly like, this is gratuitous. Even, even if there's a good story involved, which there's really not a good story. involved. It's a, mediocre story or fringe story yes there was a feud between the blackpool combat club and the elite but doesn't mean it needed blood and guts if it was the only match of the entire year that had blood that would make a difference to me as well sure but then again it's like it, it, it's it's like what you're calling it a blood and guts match you're you're basically revealing that it's fake because you're telling everybody here's when everyone's gonna bleed even though maybe they don't right and, and you know, they're pulling the curtain back almost a little bit too much because it shouldn't even be considered fake because of everything that they do hurts. But it, it, you get called fake when you do stuff like that. And you get called fake when you do the ultra choreographed right. spots like like Commander and, and whoever else does. You get called fake with stuff like that. And it takes away from the people who are really hurting themselves and busting their asses and putting their bodies on the line and all of that. But, I mean... John Moxley beat the crap out of Evil Uno and had him bleeding like a stuck pig, as as Jim Ross would say. And Uno's like kind of lounging around Ring of Honor right now. 
So right. what was the payoff for? And that was back in February. And I was there. That's why I use it as an example. And Uno was over. Like, Uno was getting the biggest reaction of the night by the end of that match. Like, that should have been, it could have been a star-making performance that turned evil Uno into AEW's Mick Foley. But that's not what they wanted to do. And and that's not where, where they were going. Um, it, it's also, they just have their people that they've picked. I mean, you think WWE has yeah. their people they've picked? AEW has their people. That's why Ricky Starks can't get anything going half the time, although now he's got his program with CM Punk. It's not like he's winning CM Punk's world title from him on Collision, even though that was just, you know, Starks got to beat Punk to win the Owen Hart Invitational. Now Punk gets his win back in this world title situation. Like, that's obvious what they're doing there. Um, and Starks had to cheat to win and turn heel to make it happen, even though he was one of the most over baby faces. Action Andretti beat Chris Jericho and basically should have gotten the one, two, three kid push. Now he's losing tag matches on Ring of Honor. Maybe Rampage too that you talked about. Again, it's just it's all stupid. How like, many? I, how many people that that Jericho has put over have done bigger things after that? Orange Cassidy. Did he put over Orange Cassidy? Didn't they do that? Like, was wasn't that the ones where they wrestled in like, oh like yeah, a pool or something like orange yep, juice? You're right, Orange Cassidy. Yep, yep, yep. I remember that now. I even watched that pay per view. Um, I don't know because a lot of the people that Jericho has put over haven't done much because they were feuds and things that Jericho asked for, and right. and so there wasn't this like, hey, I want to I want to build this brand new start of Action Andretti. Let's put Chris Jericho over him. No, it's Jericho saw the guy liked him, said, I'm going to put you over because I want to be the Scott Hall to your, to your, you know, Sean Waltman. And then the problem is there was no, like, like he goes to Tony with this idea and Tony says yes because he's Tony. And then there's just nothing. There's just no follow up. There's no no, then what after anything. Yeah, I was going to say this goes to this. I feel like I'm quoting Eric Bischoff a lot, um, but I can quote you on this one too. The, the, hey, I have this idea. I want to put Greg DeMarco over. And, you know, the booker, Greg DeMarco, who's also the booker, is like, that's great. Put me over. And then what? It sounds like, based on what you've described, and and I can only do this based on your assessment of what you've seen, Mm because I don't watch AEW. I've tried too many times, and I'm done. Right. Like, I'm really done. I can go back to the impact well, oddly enough, and be like, oh, hey, look at that. Scott DeMore's wrestling. And I'm like, in. But like I don't know why, but like AEW, I'm like I I don't understand this and I don't like it. Um, but it seems like there's a lot of let's do this because it'll be like it'll look amazing. Yeah, and there's no like what's what what happens next? Like what serves your product in your like what journeys are are being told what stories are being told that serve more than just kind of the core folks eddie the core like roster uh i guess rosters right even though they don't want to say they're rosters at aew summer slams also happening this weekend folks i swear we might talk about it there, there's this in terms of stories being told a lot of it is just about putting on good matches and that's what a lot of their fan base wants to see. But again, that's why they don't grow and that's why they are where they are. There are some stories. The Adam Cole MJF thing is a story being told. Unfortunately, at least to, to people sending me gifts of Adam Cole gyrating his hips and me, re- me replying with gifts of people crying because Adam Cole is just a guy. 
me sad because he should be one of the best in the world and he's just a guy. And and it just and but that's where he wants to be. He's happy being just a guy, so who the fuck am I to tell him he can't go and be just a guy, even though right. you're just a guy. Um it just yeah, you're right. SummerSlam's coming up. Let's do this. Let's go to commercial. We'll come back. We'll talk about SummerSlam. I'm Greg DeMarco at Greg DeMarco44. He is Patrick O'Dowd. Go follow him at Wrestling Realist. If you didn't already know, that is W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T at ChairShot Media for the website. You know the places you can find us because there's four now. You've got the Facebook. You've got the Instagram. You've got the threads. And you've got the, the X. I do. I have X, X Twitter. Twixter, as I call Twixter, it. Twixter, yeah. It I like X Twitter. That's what, that's what I just call it. Because it, it, it was call X Twitter. Twitter. I'm not going to lie. Like, it's Everybody just, else is too. It, it's Elon funny when you watch it, like ESPN or WWE or whatever. They're calling it X. I'm right. like, do you know how stupid that sounds? Like, did Elon do this just to make the mainstream media sound stupid when they refer to X all the time? Like, I just. No, Elon himself is stupid. And. I mean, the dude tried to put a big fucking glowing X on top of the building. Is that not there anymore? Did that did that fail? They got to take it down. It's finally down. But like, I I just the dude bought this property and then is like, let me do everything I can in my power to uh, to alienate everyone from it. So anyway, you were saying you were doing um, the yeah. socials, and then we were going to go to a commercial. I think I, that's exactly what we were doing. I'm glad you you were paying more attention than I was. So go follow us on all of those on all of those mediums. Of course, you're listening to this show, which you can find on all your favorite streaming platforms like iHeart, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, and so many more. Of course, you can hear it right here at thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Listen to all the great shows on the Chairshot Radio Network. We would love for you to do it. And, of course, buy a shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Chairshot. That supports everything we do here at the Chairshot.com, including the articles, including the podcast, and so many more, just like the bandwagon nerds that Patrick was talking about earlier, and all the other great products that we put out right here on the Chairshot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. So let's talk a little bit about SummerSlam, like you were alluding to before we got off the AEW topic that we didn't plan on talking about. The bigger story seems to not be who's on SummerSlam, but who's not on SummerSlam. I don't think this is going to change now that we're already beyond Raw, but we don't have Rhea Ripley defending her Women's World Championship on on the card. You don't have Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defending the tag team titles. And yes, Kevin Owens is injured, but they didn't. They weren't building towards a, a title match anyway, unless they were going to defend against Dominic Mysterio and Damian Priest. And there was really nothing to suggest that that was going to happen. A lot of people thought it was going to be Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. We haven't seen or heard from Gargano in weeks, and Ciampa's been involved in other things. So I don't know that that's going to happen now, at least. It could definitely happen down the road. Um, then we bumped Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus off of the card, and it will now take place in two weeks in Canada making a lot of people think maybe this is the end of Trisha's run and that's why they're doing it in Canada. 
I also know that when they booked the match for Raw on Monday, it literally lasted four seconds, and then um, and then Zoe Stark interfered. I think Trish is still hurt. I think that face guard thing is not just a storyline. I think there's actually an injury there, and that has something to do with this. But the Raquel Rodriguez Rhea Ripley match is not taking place at um, at the show now. Rhea Ripley will be out there with with Dominic Mysterio, and Damian Priest as Finn Balor challenges Seth Rollins, and you could see maybe a Raquel Rodriguez involvement there. You could also see a Becky Lynch involvement there, and maybe we start to set up a feud with Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley because that would make sense. And Seth Rollins is her husband, and that's something that's known and acknowledged on television. Um, so there's a, and of course, LA Knight not on the card. Although now we have this SummerSlam Battle Royal because we need that. And, and, and LA Knight's probably going to win. So we needed to bump that off. If we had, if we had put Rhea Ripley in a match to defend her championship, and if we had Trish Stratus versus Becky Lynch on the card, there would have been four women's matches on this SummerSlam card, which would have been amazing. Right now, the card as it stands is eight matches, and that's actually more than they've been doing. They've only been doing right. between six and seven matches on this premium live events, which is what spawned the, uh, the, the talk about a two night SummerSlam in the future. Where the reason why I'm laying all this out is to ask you, in terms of people being left off the card, Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus, Rhea Ripley defending her title, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defending their titles. Do you care? Not particularly. Does it impact uh, the, the 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 strength of this show, this event, this premium live event? No, it doesn't. But I will say. Part of the reason why I don't care is because I know I'm going to see Rhea Ripley run an interference in a world title match because, you know, I don't, I don't know. We, we haven't really talked about Rhea and whether or not we think she's being used well, not used well or, or what. I, I clearly argue on the side of I enjoy what they're doing with her and I enjoy what she's doing right now um, because I think there's a real argument that she's as – and she's as important a star as anybody on the roster. Not not women or men, the roster. Like, she is magnetic with, with, with everything she does, whether yes. it's how she's acting with Dom, whether it's how she's being as a champion. She is really showing just how special she is. And I think that if SummerSlam didn't have her on the card at all, like it would still be a very good card, but I would feel a little less than because I do think she's that important to their product. Period. Like, and that's just my opinion. She, and that's me. She and Dom together, and, and she as an individual, this is a weird comparison. And some people will disagree. And maybe you will too. To me, they are today's version of Roddy Piper on the card. Yeah. Is what they are. That's what they fulfill. And and they can both do it individually, but because they're oftentimes together and it just works. Rhea has been built up as such a dominant monster that they really don't have anybody. That's why she wrestled Natalia so many times and, and beat up on Zelina Vega in Puerto Rico. That's why they had to have Raquel and Liv drop the women's tag titles right after they won them because that's who you need to feud with Rhea Ripley. Right. And I think they realized that, that they were low. Now, you've got other women not being used at all. Like, we haven't seen sure. Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, Piper Niven. Like, 
there are a ton of women on Raw that are not being used right now, and that's a separate conversation. And maybe after SummerSlam, we do a tournament battle royal match of something to determine a new number one contender. Who knows? Um, cause remember we're hitting that time of year where Roman Reigns goes away. That's going to open up a spot yep. on, on some cards as we've got two essentially B level premium live events coming up with fast lane and with, uh, payback. Now elimination chamber and, and, you know, backlash would also be B level pay-per-views, but because of where they were, WWE made them huge and they'll probably do that with, with these as well. But, it's still, there's going to be opportunity for people to do some stuff. And I'll talk about some ideas that I have that'll likely be born out of SummerSlam to make those happen. But, uh, yeah, we just don't need it. Like, like we just don't need her to go out there and squash somebody like she's done on, pro- on previous premium live events. Just like, honestly, on Money in the Bank, we didn't need Dom versus Cody. We only did it to get Cody on the card right. because Brock oh, wasn't absolutely. going. And you didn't have to do that. Like, Triple H is not perfect. I mean, he's doing some things he doesn't need to do, like shoehorning Cody into Money in the Bank. Like, the, doing the thing that everyone... We've seen some form of Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Seth Rollins versus Judgment Day on Monday Night Raw in the main event for like the past four weeks. And then, yes, we have. And that's not necessarily needed. Yes, we're building to, to Rollins versus Balor. Now, we've had longer between the premium live events, so maybe that was part of the issue. Who knows? But, um, But that's kind of put us to where we are. So... Um, yeah, I don't have a problem with it either. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn not defending the tag titles. Um, they're slowly rebuilding the tag division. They're doing a much better job of it on SmackDown with the Street Profits and their involvement with Bobby Lashley. Of course, you've got the pretty deadly build that they've been working on. Um, you still have the brawling brutes on the raw side. Eh, not a whole lot. You've had this long feud between the Alpha Academy and the Viking Raiders, which while it's been entertaining, Let's use it to catapult somebody somewhere, and they probably will. But that's that's just kind of where we're at. Um, and I forgot to mention as we were going through, we also have Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler. So that's another women's match that is on this card. That the other women's match that's actually still on the card um, that that we would have. You know, we could essentially have had right. four women's matches on this card. Would have had three if Becky and, and Trish were still on it. So. I just, you can't put everybody on the card. That's why I don't like the Battle Royal. Like, if you took the Battle Royal, like, Money in the Bank felt like there were one matches too many. Because both Money in the Bank matches take forever, as they should. And while you don't have Money in the Bank matches here, like, this Battle Royal is going to be one of those super quick blink and you miss right. Battle it's, Royals. That could I end up the, on the kickoff the when they time review. your thing out over the way. Right. Because it is. It's like everybody gets in and then immediately, like, seven people get eliminated. Right. So we can get and down to the final four. Which they've right. already done stuff. It's going to be some form of L.A. Knight, Sheamus, Grayson Waller. Do we have Edge and, and and AJ Styles in this? Because they're not wrestling on this card. In fact, there's only two SmackDown right. matches on the entire card. And that's, right. I think, a problem a little well, bit. One of them's a big one. But, you know. Yeah. And it takes up, you know, a good third of, of SmackDown episodes. But SmackDown tends to have less representation on these premium live events. It also tends to be the night before the premium live event in the same city. So there's that, too. Right. Um, there's a ton of great talent on SmackDown, too. And, and like, you know, everyone thought that, you know, LA Knight was going to win this United States Championship Challenger Tournament and face Austin Theory. And then, of course, he didn't. And everyone thought that match was going to take place at SummerSlam and Santos Escobar and won. And it's not. So uh, I thought that too. But then I started looking at the card and I'm just, people were predicting the SummerSlam card and they were predicting 12 matches. And it's just like, that's absurd. I'm shocked we have eight. So they're, yeah. They, they, 
They haven't been paying attention. No, they like, just, they, just they, it's the playlist thing. They go back to their playlist right. and they make a playlist without any regard for what's been happening well, since last year's SummerSlam. Right. And, and you, you talk about playlists and part of that playlist is kind of the quote unquote requirements that they feel need to be on a pay-per-view match. Like there are, like I guarantee you there are people who believe that every title quote, like quote unquote title of importance should be defended on, on a pay-per-view yeah, they do. or a premium live event. And just, but then every single one would be called Night of Champions. That doesn't work. What? Then every single one would be Night of Champions. Right. Um, and you just keep your keep your talent fresh. Keep your talent fresh for something. Uh, they'll they'll be back. They'll be on something else, uh, and it'll be okay. And everybody will be on WrestleMania because that's why we, you know, we do WrestleMania. Or at least most people will. That's why it's That's where you get your ice numbers. So it'll be okay, kids. It will be okay. We'll have we'll have fast lane and you know, people people we didn't see today. AJ Styles will wrestle on fast lane. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about this card itself. And the thing about SummerSlam is it does tend to have some surprising moments and some surprising returns. All right. Last year, yes, we had Farmer Brock and, and you know, lifting the ring and, and flipping it over with the tractor and all that. And that was amazing. But we also had the return of Bailey and, and the first appearance of Damage Control at that event as well. We had the surprise appearance by Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle because they weren't on the card last year, by the way. Seth Rollins was not on the card SummerSlam last year. Um and and all those things. And of course, when Roman Reigns made his shocking return, it was at SummerSlam a couple years ago when the tagline of SummerSlam literally was, you'll never see it coming. And and kudos to, to David Ungar from Van Wagen Nerds. He actually predicted that Roman Reigns was going to return at that SummerSlam. And now we're here with the Tribal Chief. So I got a couple predictions of my own that I think are going to take place at this year's SummerSlam. I would call them bold in nature, and I will allow you, Patrick Odow, to tell me if you think if they if they can happen, if they're bold enough, et cetera, et cetera. And I'll go with number one. Uh, they're not in any specific order, uh, but I'll, I'll give out all three in different ways. I'll, I'll go with the obvious one that people have been talking about. I think Randy Orton returns at SummerSlam. Okay. I don't know where. I don't know against who. I don't know if it's in a segment with LA Knight or what they do, but I think this is when we get get our Randy Orton back. And I love Randy Orton, so I'm excited about it. I'm good with it. Um, so we're pretty sure his health is 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 seems that way. Good to go. Who knows? Yeah, uh, I, I honest to God haven't been falling. You know where I would have him come back? Where? I'd have him come back after Gunther beats Drew McIntyre. If he's going to be on Raw, yeah, I think that'd be a great way to do it. And the sad thing is, is that, or maybe you, because here's the thing. Because isn't he a free agent? Isn't he one of the quote unquote like free agents? I don't believe he was drafted. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I could yeah. be totally wrong. Maybe him and Riddle were drafted as a unit. I don't know, because Riddle disappeared for a while. Randy Orton's music would get a huge reaction, right? So would the RKO out of nowhere would get a huge reaction. Yeah. So I do both. I play the music. You have Gunther in your example, motioning towards the entrance. Music stops. <clears throat> Gunther turns around. 
RKO out of nowhere. You get them both, everybody's happy. Because we don't need Randy Orton to make his long-ass walk down what's going to be a long-ass aisle at Ford Field um, and, and, and SummerSlam. So Because they don't use stages for, for the stadium events anymore, which I think is a great thing. And I, I know he hasn't had a... This, sorry, this is another one. I know he hasn't had a big legacy with it necessarily, but he's he's held an Intercontinental title. Yes. Correct? Absolutely. Because... I'm sure he's held them all. Yeah. I think he's a... Because Gunther, Gunther, wins, Gunther wins on Saturday. He's a month away from the Honky Tonk Man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and who better to try and stand in his way than a Hall of Famer? That'd be great. And and it would be and, and I would want Gunther to win that match, but I'd be fine with that. I know oh, a lot yeah, of people thousand. want to see Orton versus Reigns, but Reigns is going to go away for a couple months now. He's not on any of the advertisements. He's not no fast lane, right. no payback, no superstar spectacle in India. Has Roman Reigns advertised? We ain't seeing him again till Survivor Series, and that's okay. Uh, I think he's he's you know as someone he deserves who, his breaks. who has the same treatment as him. I understand why he would probably want some time off. So. I'm 100% okay with that. Which brings me to my next bullet prediction. Jay's going to lose. Jay's not winning the, this championship. He's not becoming the tribal chief. And and the way this match has been set up, it was very key. Like Solo tried to attack Jay and Roman stopped him. Of course, the very next week they attacked Jay and all of that. But this to me is very like Black Panther, you know, I accept your challenge challenging for the crown kind of thing where there's respect involved at the end and, and all of that. It's kind of like when ring right. of honor had the fight without honor and a fight without honor was supposed to end with a handshake. When all the ring of honor matches started with a handshake, the fight without honor was supposed to end with honor and respect. Cause it was truly supposed to end everything to me. I think Roman beats Jay. Jay is supposed to then fall in line. And that's what everybody expects. I think Jimmy is going to cost Jay this match. And I think we're going Ah. to get the Jimmy versus Jay program, which is going to take us through the back or through the payback, through the fast lane, through all of that. We're going to get the Jimmy versus Jay run. And when the Jimmy versus Jay and Solo is going to be conflicted, it's his brothers. And maybe there's a three way with Solo and the wise man doesn't know what's going on. And maybe he can't even get in touch with Roman Reigns. And then Roman's going to come back as the tribal chief and he's going to bring them all together. And and because they will be a unit again and probably turn face in the process because we still have not gotten the baby face run out of the bloodline and we will. All four members of the bloodline are popular and and it will happen. And Roman coming back and getting the group together and actually being serious and sincere about it. And then they get jumped by the OC or somebody like that. And now we set up our Survivor Series War Games match. That all makes perfect sense to me. No, 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 no. He didn't do that war games, right? I, I don't have to do it. I can just have somebody else do it for me if I can find it. War games! Of war games! War games! War games! When do we hit the year mark so he can actually come out and do that? Because it's a year that he can't be on WWE television. Um, God, I can't, I can't, I can't wait for that to happen. Right. Um, sorry, going back to your first question. Interestingly enough, as I'm looking on the WWE.com roster page uh-huh. and I search Raw, I search SmackDown, and I search the free agent category, uh-huh. Randy Orton's not on any of them. Even better. So he could like he could go anywhere. 
So I go raw. I, he wasn't I even raw. eligible to be drafted. So yeah, that uh, raw makes sense for me. And then you could draft him to SmackDown later and do the Roman Reigns program after WrestleMania. You could do that. So then maybe yeah. next year SummerSlam, maybe next year SummerSlam night two, we get Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns. Cool. I'm in. <laughs> me too. 150 million percent. Like that's a feud that that needs to happen and, and would be absolutely amazing. So I would be down for that. So brings me to my last bold prediction that I'm going to make for SummerSlam. Because we're going to have Jey Uso get involved in the main event and do all that or involved in that match and do all that. I think for the first time in like two and a half, three years or whatever, Seth Rollins main events, a premium live event. I think Seth Rollins and Finn Balor will actually go on last and whatever judgment day cash in teased cash in who the hell knows what takes place. I think that, that this will actually be last because to me, triple H is smart enough to know that yes, the bloodline is the biggest story you have in the company, but if you want Seth Rollins and the World Heavyweight Championship to be taken seriously as the World Heavyweight Championship, main event it. You got to main event it, and and you'll get to main event it after SummerSlam if Roman goes away. But like, if you have it main event a card or headline or close the night out uh, a card that Roman Reigns is also on, that is a bigger statement than closing out the night when Roman Reigns isn't on. So. To me, I think, and I just, for some reason, it's a gut instinct thing. All these are gut instinct things. I think Seth yep. Rollins will will close the night out. I almost feel, uh, I, I know we say this is a what should happen argument. Yep. Like, I don't even know if I'd call it a bold prediction so much as if we were playing the old game like we used to on the show of what should happen, what will happen. Uh, your prediction on the show would be, Seth Rollins and Finn Balor should main, you know, should go on last right. at SummerSlam. Seth Rollins and Finn Balor will go on last uh, at SummerSlam. Agreed. Agreed 100%. So it's hard to argue with that. And I think for all the reasons you laid out, like it's, it, it's, it's a long time coming. And, and frankly, somebody else just needs to close the show. <laughs> like, and you can like still accomplish are, what you need to accomplish. Like some of the right. bloodline stuff because of what it does. Like, okay. The Sami Zayn thing was so huge. It had to end. It had to close right. the show at, at Royal Rumble. It had to close the show at, at, uh, at, at Elimination Chamber. They didn't have to close the show with Backlash in Puerto Rico. Right. Like that didn't have to close the show. That should have been the Bad Bunny match with Damian Priest. That should have closed the show. Um, and I hope I'm not completely wrong in in what what closed the show. Like the tag match at Money in the Bank, I can see that closing the show simply because that was the first time Roman's been pinned. So I get that, mm-hmm. and and I get why why they felt the need to do it that way. Um, I'm, I'm, I want to make sure I didn't really screw that up right now and, and get the wrong match. Um, of course, you had Night of Champions. Jeez, how long ago was Backlash? There we go. Okay, apparently Cody and, and, and Lesnar closed backlash, so I'm wrong. So wrong, 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 was, wrong. Was that one. So yeah, Cody and Lesnar closed, closed backlash. But it still should have been bad money, bad bunny and Damian Priest that, that closed backlash. Right. So anyway, so there we go. Um any other thoughts on SummerSlam before we make a list? Uh no, I don't think so. I, I'm looking forward to the show. It's gonna be my escape from like work 
Right. And like the only wrestling I've watched in a month since the last premium live event. Did not catch the Great American Bash. It was good. It was another example of the fact that if you just made it black and gold, people wouldn't know the difference. Like the match between Ilya Dragunov and Carmelo Hayes was an NXT black and gold match. The match between Roxanne Perez and Blair Davenport was that as well. Um, Tiffany Stratton, Thea Hale, pushing that but didn't fully get there. Um, Baron Corbin, Gable Stevenson, never should have happened. Like just never should have happened. You did a double count out for what? Like, like why? It right. was just you, you. You had Braun Breaker on the post originally. Just put Braun Breaker in a match. You had him. You people probably thought he was going to be there. Like, give him a match on the undercard with somebody. Get Gable Stevenson the hell out of there. Um, if you didn't think he was ready, don't have him do it. Like, I think they thought they were going to get a probably a big return on that there, and it just I don't think they got what they were. It didn't doing. happen. And he's probably still going to go off and do the amateur stuff now that he's had his double count out with Baron Corbin. Who the hell cares? So no offense to Baron Corbin this time. Um, it just doesn't doesn't make sense. So all right. Let's have some fun. <laughs> Dean fucking Ambrose. Acknowledge me. Shut your dumb mouth. You just made the list. Because it is time to make the list. If you don't already know, we have a category. We take turns adding items to the list. Then we talk about our honorable mentions. Then we put the list in order, taking turns there as well. Whoever has the list idea will go second. When we put things on the list, then we'll go first. We put them in order. This week's list is provided to you by the wrestling realist himself, Patrick O'Dowd. Patrick, what are we putting on the list today? This week, we are putting on wrestling vignettes. And this is the first time I think I've gotten more than one question back from you regarding said category. And, and they you were, asked a couple. I should have known the answers to these questions. I think I right. just wanted to make sure that I didn't want to leave something off that I could have put on. Because there right. are some big moments that have taken place in interview segments. Don't be shocked yep. if I come at you next week with best segments or, or just you know segments on the list. Who knows? Uh, we've done that in the past <laughs> where, where the, we've, the, we've, we followed up logically one after the other. Um, but so that's why I had to have a lot of questions. So, so explain to people what this means when we talk about vignettes, just so they know. So the parameters that I put on Greg when he asked the questions were, first of all, it couldn't be a segment. So as Greg, Greg asked me, like it could be a Piper's pit. It couldn't be a, um, Oh God, like Jericho's uh, segment, those, those sorts of interview uh, interview set, segment setups, the Miz, Miz TV, like those sorts of deals. Because and, and the other big part of this was is because we could we, it wasn't something we wanted to have had filmed in front of the live crowd in some way, shape, or form. So that then really puts it into segments that are pre-taped. Now, we didn't put any parameters on what those kind of like vignettes could be, but I think a lot of people are, you know, have it in their head what what those are real what those really are because a lot of them, you, you know, the WWE utilizes vignettes. Bruce Pritchard loves talking about them. He does. Because he filmed a ton of them. He was a part of a ton of them. I was like, don't but say any of them. Back in the 80s and 90s, 
that in particular, that was a really huge way to bring somebody into the company. Oh yeah. Uh, as a character, bringing a way. character to the company. And so vignettes were used that way. There are there vignettes were used as plot devices to move story forward. I've got a couple of those listed, whether they actually make my list or not. Um, and a vignette could be a singular vignette, like a one-time vignette, or it could be a series of vignettes. Both Which I do happen have a, I have equally effective. At least one series, if not two series, that might make my list. I have, yeah. I have Hell, they might all be series now that I think about it. Not all of mine are series, but, and one of them, I may just put in honorable mentions because I'm not, because I, I don't know. I I may put it out there and you may rule against it. That's fine. But, um, but it is definitely a pre-tape segment. It was a tape segment that did not happen in front of a live audience. So we'll, uh, we'll go, we'll, well go that's, with that. I guess but a that's, question I could have asked, but I didn't. I did not consider a cinematic match as a vignette. No, no, I did not a match. It, none of, yeah. not, none of these we are could do that a vignette is not a if match. We wanted to. Yes. Cinematic matches could definitely be its old thing. We can go all the way back to the days when Dustin Rhodes wrestled on a train. Yep. Or was it a truck? It was a truck on the back. The, of the truck. truck. That's I mean, right. Jerry Lawler had an empty arena match back in the day, like it, which would technically be cinematic. Like who knows? So, all right. So Patrick O'Dowd has explained to us what the list is. It is vignettes. I get to go first. I, I'd be willing to bet a, a nice steak dinner that I was, I am stealing one from your list with this one. I got a lot on this list. So but I mean, I am good. stealing one of your top three. Okay. With this one. I, I just, I understand you got a lot on the list and, and I know, but I, knowing that I got to go first, I immediately knew above all else that this was going to be on my list. It is a Bruce Pritchard produced, but so many of them were, but as a kid, there are no more fun vignettes to me than the vignettes were, that were used to promote the debut on the WWF of Mr. Perfect. And the Hell Mr. Yeah. Perfect vignette. He threw a football to himself. Like he did all these things. And the way Bruce Pritchard tells it, he did everything in one take. Now I'm sure that's not true, but from from throwing a perfect game and, and from bowling a perfect game to hitting like a hundred free throws to throwing himself a pass to getting 18 holes in ones on the golf course, Mr. Perfect was proven to be absolutely perfect through these vignettes that were filmed. And so for me, the Mr. Perfect vignettes are on the list. The gold standard of the vignette, kids. Just, you you bought it. You bought it. Every single, like, Greg, you laid a lot of them out. But, yeah, just everything you did, absolutely perfect. And you were ready to hate that guy. Oh, were we all right? We were ready to hate that guy. So yes, that that uh that Mr. Perfect, I didn't even I didn't even specify one. I just said Mr. Perfect because yeah, yeah. Though, those those vignettes were perfect. They were, they were absolutely perfect. Like probably the best work that Bruce Pritchard did as a producer at that time. You he know, might he might even I, agree. He might even agree with you. So all right, so that brings it to me. Yes. Um. Uh, so I'm gonna go over to WCW. Okay. And I'm scared now. Don't be too scared. So Starcade ninety six. Was it ninety six? Oh god. Yes, it was. Was Hulk Hogan 
versus Roddy Piper. Uh-huh. And Roddy Piper wanted to get himself mentally ready for the match. And they had just so happened to be in San Francisco. And so Roddy Piper, to get himself ready to face Hogan, locked himself away at Alcatraz for three days. And they showed vignettes of him pacing in Alcatraz and kind of yelling at the walls and really psyching himself. And here's the thing. I was in my 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 early 20s. This is the reason, you know, this is Hulk Hogan, Mr. NWO. I remember Roddy Piper's return leading to the big heel turn of Eric Bischoff. That was the big revelation there when Piper showed up. But for some reason, I was all in on the, yeah, he went to Alcatraz, got himself ready. I loved it. Ate it up. So Roddy Piper in Alcatraz is making the list. I know you were an English major in, in college, not a math major, but um, you were not in your 20s. Was it that, Was it 97? Yeah, I was in late teens. Yeah, you were, you were a teenager when that happened. Um, great. Uh, definitely a great one to put on the list. Especially when you said WCW, there was so much crap in WCW that it's like, ooh, who knows? Oh, I got, I got, I got some of the bad ones on there. Dude. I know you do, and I do too, but there's no way I put them on the list. So I am putting on – my next one is definitely not on your list. Um, I didn't expect it to be on your list even before you said you stuck with primarily WWF slash WCW slash WWE vignettes. Um, this is definitely a series of vignettes. So, and, and it's hard to even fully, fully put into words. The entirety of Lucha Underground is like one big vignette. Okay. It existed (laughs) in a fake fictitious, in a fake fictitious, which would be real in a fictitious world. And it had wrestling, but all of the non-wrestling stuff was basically a movie that was taking right. place with Dario Cueto and the police and, and killing people. And m- none of their deaths happened in the ring. They all happened in vignettes and, and, and some of their returns happened from the dead happened in vignettes. So everything non-wrestling in Lucha Underground, I am putting on the list as one series. It's funny. Uh, funny story. I apparently have typed Luchasaurus enough on my phone that my iPhone auto-populated it when I typed Lucha and then hit space. That's kind of funny. So I had to I had to delete away. I love the performance okay. of the character. He's also the TNT champion, by the way. I don't think anybody remembers him. That's nice. <laughs> um. Okay. Do I stay in WCW? It's up to you. I know this is tough. Okay. I'm going to do it. I'm going to stay in WCW for this one. And I will, if you say no, I will remove it. But there was a a vignette slash segment that garnered enough controversy to result in people calling the police on one Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and X-Pac when they ran the Steiners off of the road in their truck in what I would argue is one of the best pulled off stunts in the history of professional wrestling because that, and that, that shit really fueled the, the WCW NWO story. Like the Steiners were feuding with the, the outsiders at the time and, Everything was white hot. They were pushing the envelope everywhere they could, any way they could. 
and they did this this vignette, this this X Pac recording it with his camera. Which why would you ever let anybody get that tape? Because you should be in jail. But it was so good that people called the you know people were calling the police uh, and reporting according to legend. We'll say that according right. to legend. And so that one actually was what brought this whole thing on. Okay. Like this is a pre-recorded vignette segment. And like I said, if you don't want to call it a vignette, I will pull it off and put a different no, on. No, it. I think it's fine. But I feel like I got I got to share it. It's it's because what else would you call it, right? It, it's, right. I don't think it falls under any other category, and I've already written it down on my list, so I'm counting it. That's for sure. So I think it's I think it's totally fine. I think it's great, and I think it does belong. So good. I am going to go, and and I'm staying again outside of WWF, WWE, WCW. Um, you know, this is you put the Bastion Brothers on a couple weeks ago, so this I is did. Fine. Um, because I watched more of this product recently during this phase than, than anything than, than I normally would, because I I just couldn't help but be entertained by it. It was hilarious. It was fun to watch. It was stupid in all the right ways. And which I think is why I watched it. Cause I think Miranda made me watch it for her show. And then I just kept watching it from there. Impact wrestling's wrestle house was freaking hilarious. <laughs> with the insider stuff. The it was like being the elite if they didn't take themselves seriously. And and they don't really take themselves that seriously, but this was to a whole nother level. So um and people would get mad because it's not a really good comparison. But Wrestle House to me was just like it was like the real world back when the when when no one was having sex in the real world. It was like the Joe Schmo show when the whole thing was fake and like all those different things they did. Russell House to me was just was just hilarious. You had a murder. Impact's had a lot of murders, which I thought about putting other ones on this list. So I am going to put Impact Wrestling's Russell House on the list. All right, Greg. Uh, I've got three choices here. Okay. That I, that I'm going between. So I have numbered them one, two, or three. Okay. Give me a number, my friend, and that's where we're going to go. It's your with. pick. You want me to pick for you? I know. I do. I want so you to pick a number. So when you started jokingly saying, when you started saying, I have three choices, I was jokingly going to say number two just to be funny. So let's go. In, in honor of the DWI podcast and their trivia trickster, AJ Belaz and, and DPP dropping a deuce, I will take number two. I'm actually thrilled. Good. I'm thrilled. I would have been thrilled with any of these. Right. But this allows you to look for music. <laughs> He's a man. He's a man. The Stephen Regal Real Man's Man vignettes of him just doing manly shit when he was wearing the the flannel with the sleeves cut off and the hard hat and just doing manly shit as they yep. rebranded him. For the WWE, the real man's man vignettes wins out out of my final three options. I dig it. I dig it. And I'm I couldn't be happier about it. So yep, I'm I'm trying to I'm already trying to find it for later so that I can but I don't want it to play and and do all that. So I'm gonna try to hit pause real quick and, and uh, YouTube's giving me a thing. Not not YouTube. I wouldn't use YouTube for anything like that. But never. Uh, Nobody does yeah, that. So you got a little part of it, but that's fine. We'll get the rest later. So, 
Um, absolutely belongs on the list. So this is going to be fun. So we're going to take a commercial Thrilled break. about that one. We're going to take a commercial break, and then we're going to come back, mention some honorable mentions, and then put this list in order. So stay tuned, because the honorable mentions are always a lot of fun, too. So we shall be right back. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com. You just made the list! All right, Patrick O'Dowd. This is fun, too, when we get to do the honorable mentions and the one that didn't make the list, so... Um, I will go with my, my, there were a couple old, old WWF ones that I had as a possibility. I don't think anybody would have thought of it, but the Skinner vignettes were absolutely hilarious when he was actually going out there and, and, and skinning animals and, and catching animals and all of that. As were the Repo Man vignettes that I was able to find some of yep. and short lived, but definitely entertaining. There's also the quite disturbingly done, and, and this is not a surprise you think about the performer. When Ring of Honor made you think Jimmy Jacobs might have killed Lacey, might have murdered Lacey. Oh, like that dude. was a little bit much, but um, obviously he didn't because he was obsessed with her and, and maybe it was a little too real. I don't know, but um, that was one that I that I definitely had on the list. The other one that I almost put on but I put Wrestle House over it. Also goes back to Ring of Honor, setting up his match with Jay Briscoe, story time with Adam Cole, baby, where he's sitting in front of the fireplace, and, and now he uses it in promos, but he was actually a vignette where he was sitting at a fireplace telling a story. Um, that almost made my list as well. What about you? Okay, so where to start? All right, let's start with the two that didn't make the cut. On the one, yes, that I did not select. First was the uh, Razor Ramon vignettes when he was walking around Miami, um, because that was actually my first real introduction introduction to the character. By the time that I yeah had really learned about Scott Hall, I had seen him as the Diamond Stud. So um, did not um, did he did that? He was one of the two, and then the other one, the Million Dollar Man. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly the one where he buys the pool out and everybody, you know, buy buys the pool for himself. Um, and you know, just all those, everyone has a price vignettes. Most people remember him with the kid in the basketball, but him in the limos and with the pools and bribing people to do shit all the time to establish his character was awesome. Um, all right, let's go to, let's go to the really bad. Okay. Um, there was about five minutes where WCW and it's desperate plea to get people to watch it. Um, sure. Tried to convince you that the undertaker had jumped ship and was making his way with these vignettes for this seven character. And then that seven character turned out to be a returning Dustin Rhodes, who then did a shoot promo on the debut of the character and just buried it before it even got started, which is probably the, for uh, the best. Definitely for the best. Then we had Cactus Jack lost in Cleveland. Oh my God, that's right. I forgot about Cactus Jack went missing, and people were looking. We were trying to find where Cactus Jack had gone. Leslie Nielsen was on the case. 
Uh, and we eventually find him. Wasn't he like in a bar in a sailor outfit? Like yeah. I was, it was dumb. That's such a good one. That's I'm surprised it didn't make the list. That's a really, really good one. I thought about it. Um, okay. Uh, Bray Wyatt, the Bray Wyatt vignettes yes. leading up to his debut, um, in the Florida swamp when, when he was really just, people were mesmerized by him. My what last the character that everybody would wish he would come back as. Right. Uh, the undertaker once was, uh, in a feud with Kamala and that feud involved the casket match and they did vignettes of the undertaker in his workshop making Kamala's casket. And it was him and Paul bear in this like foggy, like shed looking thing. And he was just planing a piece of wood. It was awesome. I think it was Kamala. It might've been Yokozuna, but one of the two, but he was definitely building the casket. Um, I think it was him versus Kamala. I feel like it was. And then last, and last but certainly not least, Buddy Rose and his famous diet blow away. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it for the show. But if you have never seen the Buddy Rose blown away diet sketches, uh, vignettes, you want to talk about a dude who was like, it's for the business and I'll do what you tell me. Buddy Rose was that guy. Supposedly he and loved he, doing him. Oh yeah, he, he, he was not humiliated at all, uh, from what I understand. Uh, she's still with uh, us. She's still around. Yes, good. You'll never, you'll never unsee Buddy Rose covered in flour. Some people do take their 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 stuff a little too seriously, and I'm glad that that he didn't. So good. Um, I don't really have any other honorable. Mentions. That was a lot of honorable mentions, I man. I, I told you, I. I thought this was. I thought it was going to be like stuck at three, and then I was like, "Oh shit, this happened! Oh shit, that happened! Oh, and I remember that. That was so great." No, you weren't going to be stuck at three. Not not this. This topic was a great topic that you that you came up with. So kudos to you. You just made the list. Now we got to put this puppy in order. We got Mister Perfect, Roddy Piper, and Alcatraz, Lucha Underground, non wrestling. NWO and the Steiner Brothers Road Rage, Impact Wrestling's Wrestle House, and William Regal's Real Man's Man. Patrick, out. This is your list. You get to go first, and then we will take turns. It's the unquestioned. Number go ahead one. and steal it. It's it's Mister Perfect. It absolutely like Mister Perfect is number one, and he should be because he's absolutely perfect. Those vignettes are perfect. His career was amazing. In modern day, he would be a world champion, no problem. Yep, I got to go with that. Um, you know, uh, number two, it was so well done and so different. I am going to put Lucha Underground, all the non-wrestling storytelling that was done, number two. You know, it ended, like the very last episode ended with with like a revelation of a benefactor, and it was Wade Barrett in the limo who was going to be like a big huh. part of the next season, but then that season didn't happen. So, um, that would have been nice. season five. So yeah. Oh, back to you. All right. Um, I'm going to go with the, the controversial pick and go with, uh, the NWO running the Steiners off the road because that was, that, that was huge for the time yes. and it was not something you did. On a wrestling program. It was akin to, um, and I should have said this before, when when the four horsemen attacked Dusty Rhodes in a parking lot at a gas station, which I almost put on the list. So, um, but another great one as well. And definitely deserves to be there. At number four, 
I am going to steal your last item that was on the list that I picked when I chose a number and go with William Regal, Real Man's Man vignettes. Kind of like the Mr. Perfect ones, just in a different way. Excellent. Um, Okay, well, I love uh, Russell House and enjoyed it thoroughly. I got to go with Piper in Alcatraz for my number, for our number five. That will be number five, and then... Russell House will be number six. You just made the list. So congratulations, Mr. Perfect, Lucha Underground, uh, NWO and the Steiners Road Rage, William Regal's Real Man's Man, Roddy Piper and Alcatraz, and Impact Wrestling's Russell House. To all of you, you just made the list. Patrick O'Dowd, that's going to bring us to the end of the program. One hour and 11 minutes later. Dude, I'm pleased with the end of this program. I'm pleased with our list. I, I, I was got I got way too excited about this list. Good when, list. when I finally when I decided on it, and I was like, "This is what we're gonna do." Uh, I'm not even sure it was your think, turn, but it didn't matter. What's that? I'm not even know if it was your turn, but it didn't matter. I don't. What did we do? Because um, two weeks In ago, our last list. So that was the one with Tony and the one with Steve Cook. Um, wrestling siblings. It was yours. That was me. So I stole your turn. That's fine. I'll go next time. I'll go next week. It's all good. All right. Sounds good. I'm probably going to do segments, but it's okay. Hey, now they're, now they're there's fresh plenty the of those out there too. God, yeah. there's so many of those. Now, what I will That's do with segments though will probably be individual segments. Like you can't go go like all of Piper's pit. You'd have to pick one. Which is like easier. the coconut scene. Or, yes. yeah. That's why I'm not even bringing up the barbershop. So, um, right. Cause I know uh, you're I may, I person. may intentionally leave that one off just because no, I'm just kidding. I, I, whatever. It'll be a while. If you don't, um, I'm going to put it on there with my turn. So it doesn't matter. Can I, can I just say it's funny, um, when talking vignettes that you mentioned the horsemen and we didn't talk about any of the horsemen shit that they like the Ric Flair, living the life of extravagance sort of vignettes that he used to have, like that, that limousine riding lifestyle yeah. stuff. And I think it's because I was, as I think about this, I think it was because of the nature of the Crockett shows where most of those segments were, you know, we didn't, the, the filmed vignette stuff was sort of out of the norm for what I was used to right. seeing. Cause I was used to seeing the four of them at the counter mm-hmm. with Shivani or with uh, David and just yelling away into a microphone, sometimes yelling at Bob Cottle on Mid Atlantic, like that sort of stuff. So, yeah, um, can't believe I forgot that though, because like they did a lot of that with Flair in particular. Because there weren't like ones that, yeah, it, that wasn't like the peak of Flair. Flair's peak was in the interviews. So, right, or or world class championship wrestling. They used yeah. to do that with the Freebirds all the time. The Freebirds would be out in the country, fucking talking shit about the the Vaughn Ericks. Oh, good stuff. I mean, think about all the stuff like even bringing water, like with the Briscoes on the chicken farm, like right. that stuff was hilarious and, and could have easily been justified to be on the list. So lots of, of very good things. So go follow him at wrestling realist. It's W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. I'm at Greg DeMarco four, four. The website is at chair shot media. We're talking Facebook. We're talking Instagram. We're still talking Twitter. And even threads, if anybody's still on threads, I can't even tell. Every time I go on there, it's like a ghost town. But but I think I think there's some people there. Who knows? Shut up! Yeah. I will shut up because it's been it's been far too long. But 
Tune in next week. We're going to have some SummerSlam fallout I'm sure we can talk about and so much more. So we appreciate you listening to us this week and appreciate the list and hope you enjoyed it. Let us know on social media what you think. But until then, we will leave you with this. He's a man, such a man, such a man, he's a real, a real man's man, he's a man, such a man.